And here, here's the wonderful thing that the Bible teaches us. God is not willing that any should perish. Amen. God is not willing that anybody would be lost. That God is not willing that anybody should perish and, and disappear from this life without the love of God and enter into the next life without His grace. God's love is towards all of us. His mercies are new every morning. He loves all of mankind, no matter what our tribe, no matter what our color, no matter what our race or our creed. He loves everyone. That is the God we serve. He's a God of love. He's a God of power. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And He wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to be with Him in heaven and serving the Lord and following Jesus Christ. What an incredible privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And this is the testimony we have, is that Christ is Lord. He is King. He is coming soon. And He is our God. What a privilege we have in serving the Lord Jesus Christ, following Him, walking with Him, serving Him now, but also for all eternity. This is our testimony, friends, that we know God and we fellowship with Him. We know that our sins are forgiven. We know that He has washed us with His precious blood. And we know that we're going to heaven because the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are born again, that we are children of God, that we are saved and we, will, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so praise God today. We can celebrate the gift of eternal life. It's not something that we're going to enter into just one day. We have received the gift of eternal life. No matter what happens to us, we know that we are safe and secure in Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate Jesus today. We celebrate the fact that He was crucified on a cross. He bled and died so that all mankind could be saved. So that each one of us could be delivered from ourselves. That we could be delivered from our sin. That we could be delivered from Satan. That we could be delivered from sickness. And know the true and living God. Friends, this is our privilege. Is These things are not just things we talk about. These are realities. Christ died on a cross. It's an historical fact. He was crucified for the sins of the world. He took the sins of the world. And He has come into our world so that we can one day go into His world. And that is heaven. That is an amazing place. So Christ was crucified. He died on the cross. He bled and died so that every man and every woman, every boy and every girl could be forgiven. That's right. We're born in sin. We're born with a sinful nature. We need forgiveness. We need to be cleansed. We need to be purified. Our God is an awesome God who forgives sins. Who else can forgive sins except God? Who else can cleanse us from our sins except Jesus, whose own blood was shed on the cross and was presented before the altar of God? Who else can deliver us from this wretched world of sin, from our wretched bodies? Who else will save us? It's only Jesus Christ is our Savior. There is no other name in heaven or on earth by which we can be saved. It is only through the name of Jesus. Otherwise, God would have made a thousand ways, but He didn't. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth and I am the light. No man comes to the Father. Nobody comes to God except through the Son. 
Praise God, Jesus has made a new and living way for us to go to the Father. And that is exactly what we do. We go to the Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit. We have access to, to the, the Father through one Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. We have access to Jesus through the Father, through, through the Holy Spirit, through the Son, to the Father, to have this personal relationship with Him and to know that everything is okay with me and God. Everything is fine with me and the Lord. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in the, in the circumstances around us, we can know God, we can know His forgiveness, and we can know His grace, His power, his empowering in our daily lives and his anointing which breaks every yoke. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is at work in our world. The Holy Spirit is at work in the church and the Holy Spirit is working in our communities through our prayers and through fellowship and through encouraging others and through the words of God. The Holy Spirit is working in our lives to build us up and to strengthen us and to encourage us and so that we can see Jesus. Because that is, that is one of the main things that God wants us to see. He wants us to see Jesus. He wants us to see Christ and all that He's done for us. So that we can receive total forgiveness, friends. Total forgiveness. That is sins in the past. Sins in the present. And sins in the future. We could just need to confess them to the Lord. We know that our God is a God who offers total forgiveness. Amen. So I want to ask you today, do you know that forgiveness in your own personal life? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Do you know that your sins have been personally nailed to the cross of Calvary? Friend, we need to know that. Do you know that your sins have been dealt with once and for all? There on the cross, that's where they were dealt with. There on the cross, that's why Jesus was crucified, to take all of our sins, all of our wrongdoing, all of our, our sinful nature, there on the cross, he became the sin bearer. And praise God, he has opened up a new and living way, friends, so that we can know the Father. We can fellowship with the Father. We can know the greatness of God. We can know the love of the Father and fellowship with him every day and know the Spirit of God and know fellowship with him it is an awesome privilege, friends, and we are blessed beyond measure because of what the Lord has done in our lives. And friends, that is the starting point. The starting point of your faith journey is Jesus Christ and the cross. That is where our faith starts. That is where the spark comes into our life, when we acknowledge that we need God, when we acknowledge, I'm at the end of my road, I need Christ in my life, I need God's forgiveness. We're not going to continue in our own sin. We come to that place. We come to that place of surrender. Say, Lord, totally forgive me. Please, I surrender to you. And there is total forgiveness, friends. Every sin you've ever committed, every filthy thing you've ever done is washed away in the blood of Jesus. This is profound, friends. It is an incredible privilege that we have that all our sins will be taken away by the blood of Jesus. Do you know this today, friends? Do you know his forgiveness? God wants to take you into a higher level and into a fellowship with Him and a relationship with Him. We are blessed beyond measure because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And He will deal with every sin, every habit, every bondage, 
everything that holds you in a place of bondage, he will take it away. And praise God, this is the God we serve. So I want to exhort you today to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the way to the Father. He has opened up for us a new and living way. Surrender your life to him, you will never regret it, friend. You will never regret turning your life over to Jesus. He is your creator. He made you in his image and his likeness. And he wants you to follow him, not only now, but into eternity. And you can know the forgiveness of God. So just open up your heart to him today. Say, Lord, I want to receive that forgiveness. I want a fresh start in my life. I want to be totally changed. And he will change you from the inside out. You, you, will, you will experience that love of God and that total forgiveness. So we just want to thank God this morning that he does forgive. And he is going to forgive us and he's going to cleanse us. And so friends, this is the starting point of our faith journey. And when Christ comes in, then everything begins to change. When Jesus Christ comes into our heart, then he begins to change our lives. It's, the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Jesus Christ in our lives who's going to make the difference. You know, before a, a, a man is in Christ, he is faceless. You know, he really doesn't know who he is. He doesn't really know who God is. He doesn't know everything that he should know. Once Christ comes in, he begins to reveal his nature. He begins to teach us about ourselves as well. And so this is the starting point of faith so that we can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which will last for all eternity. Because God is a, is a complex God. He's got so much to offer us. We will know him throughout all eternity. And so what are some of the things that, that God is wanting to do when he comes into our lives? We've been looking over the last few weeks at a, at a number of passages in scripture. And one of them is found in Philippians chapter, chapter 2. And he says there, or sorry, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so friends, today we have to receive the word of God and know that when Christ comes into our lives, he brings total change. He brings total transformation. Our mind begins to think differently. Our heart begins to think differently. Suddenly now, our spirit has come alive. Our heart has come alive. Previously, we are dead in sin. We are dead in our spirit. But now, we're alive in Jesus Christ. God begins to open up gifts to us. He begins to open up visions and dreams. He begins to open up a whole new world to us. The whole new spiritual world. The whole spiritual dimension of who we are in Jesus Christ. About being seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all. About knowing Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And walking with Him. And receiving His empowerment in our Christian lives. And that's why we can say, like Paul said, you know, even though he was in prison, he was able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so God opens up new doors for you. God opens up a new dimension that you've never had before. When you receive Jesus Christ, he opens up a whole new world to you. You're now in connection with heaven. You're now uh, able to receive heavenly resources you're now able to receive angelic help, whereas before you weren't. Now you're seeing answers to your prayer prayers. Now you're seeing God is working on your behalf. Now you're beginning to see miracles, signs and wonders that God is opening up a whole new world to you. And, and the Bible says that Jesus raised the dead. 
He opened the eyes of the blind. That he caused the cripples to walk. He did incredible things because he was in connection with the Father. He was in fellowship with heaven. He was receiving resources from the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is going to do the same for you, friend. And the Bible tells us in, in the epistles of John, he says, In this world, you are like him. That's right. In this world, you are like him. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul put it like this, and he said, You know, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is, is like Christ is living. And so we emulate the life of Christ. That is the purpose we're here for, is to be transformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be transformed into His likeness and into His image. He wants us to be totally changed from day to day and for new things to open up to us and new realities and spiritual realities that God will flood our hearts and minds with wisdom and revelation and he will just begin to open up new things, gifts that you've never had before. Suddenly you see there's gifts functioning in your life. That there's amazing things that God is doing in your life. Because it's Christ and the Holy Spirit are in you. And they're working in and through you. And he's opening up new and living ways. And friends, we should never settle for mediocrity. We should never settle for second best we should always go for gold. And we looked at that last week that all the runners who run in the race, they are they, they should run to win the prize. God wants us to get that gold medal. He wants us to get the, the, the crown of righteousness. He wants us to put our heart and mind and soul into the things of God. As he says in Corinthians uh, 15, 58, he says, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. As he's as in Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's saying to the believers, he says, guys, it's important that you put your heart and mind and soul into the things of God because everything we see is temporary. Every, every wall that you see in your house, every table, every chair, every physical thing in the third dimension is a temporary thing. But God has a fourth dimension. He's got another world so that when this world is done away with, there will be a heavenly world. There will be a new Jerusalem. There will be a realm that is beyond us right now that we will be able to enter into. And that will be our eternal destiny to walk with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord and to know these new, new things that God is going to lead us into. And so uh, the Bible says that we, we need to know Him and fellowship with Him and so that God can give us that spirit of wisdom and surrender our lives on the altar of God and give ourselves to the work of God. Because it is important that we keep pushing forward as Christians. Amen. That we keep driving forward as Christians. That we don't stop, that we don't give up, that we don't lag behind, but we keep running in the race. Or as Paul said, we keep fighting the fight of faith. And we keep striving for excellence. You know, we look at people in the Bible like Daniel. And Daniel chapter 6 and Daniel chapter 3 especially. It tells us that Daniel had an excellent spirit. That he was different to the people around him. And the king actually planned to set him as the second highest in the nation. That's right. He had, the Bible says, exceptional qualities and he feared God and he loved God 
and he followed the ways of God. He had a gift of interpreting dreams and he heard from God and he followed God even though he was in a Babylonian kingdom, even though he was in a very ungodly place, he kept himself pure. And one of the observations about Daniel was, is that he has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Even people who were not Christians, who didn't, weren't serving God, who didn't know God, they looked at his life and they went, he has got the spirit of the holy gods in him. We don't have that spirit, but he has it. And that spirit set him apart. Of course, that spirit was the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who was setting him apart, making him different, so that he could be exceptional. And the Bible says this in, in uh, Daniel chapter 6, that because of Daniel's exceptional qualities, because of his outstanding qualities, the king was going to set him above the other leaders and make him the, the chief of all those other leaders and they were jealous and they decided to to put a law into action that would stop anybody praying except to the king and so this was a, 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 a it was basically a trickery it was something that they had planned to trip up Daniel so that they would stop him praying and that he would then be thrown into the lion's den and so they, they brought this law and, and they, they instigated it and they brought it to the king and they, they said, well, here is Daniel. We, we've seen him three times a day. He gets down on his knees. He asks God for help. He thanks God. We have seen him. So king, does this edict still, does, does it still hold? You know, we've seen him bowing down to another God other than to you. And sadly, even though the king loved Daniel, he said, this, this law still stands and he must be punished for this. And so Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And of course the Bible says that the, the Lord sent an angel and shut the mouths of the lions. So they didn't even touch him, even because he had never done anything wrong to the king. He was blameless. That's what the Bible says. He was absolutely blameless, that he was not corrupt in any way, but he was blameless, and therefore the lions did not touch him. And in the morning the king came down, and he came to see Daniel, and he shouted out, Daniel, servant of the Most High God, has your God been able to save you? And he replied, yes, O king, I am still alive. My God sent his angels and closed the mouths of the lions. Isn't that an incredible miracle? Isn't that an incredible thing, how God can protect us, even in a, in a, in a world that is full of lions? Isn't it incredible how God can protect us, even though people are against us, they plan against us. God can still shield us because we're blameless. And so uh, Daniel was an exceptional man. He had an exceptional spirit. And we can learn from people like Daniel because God wants us to excel in life, friends. God wants you to excel in your job. He wants you to excel in your school. He wants you to, actually the Bible's, the, the word that the Bible uses is the word superabound. God wants you to do extremely well in life. He wants you to succeed in life. And in fact, he tells us in, in the book of Joshua that if you follow the word of God and meditate on the word of God day and night, that he will make your way prosperous and successful. As you follow the Lord, God will provide for you. He will cause you to be prosperous. He'll cause you to be successful. These are not my words. These are the words of the, of, of the Bible in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. He says he will make your way prosperous and successful. 
In fact, it goes on in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. He says, I will give you the power to get wealth. Wow, isn't that incredible? God will give you that power to get wealth. And he will give you that ability, the skills, just like Daniel was skilled in his job. He had wisdom. And the Bible says that Daniel and his friends were ten times more intelligent than all of the other uh, young people who had come to serve the king. Isn't that amazing? Ten times more intelligent. God gave them supernatural wisdom and supernatural understanding. And so he was set apart by God because he chose to live a holy life. And he chose to be that kind of a person who had an excellent spirit, who was excelling in life. And God wants us not to settle for mediocrity. He doesn't want us to settle for lukewarm. He doesn't want us to settle for things around us that, that are just mediocre. He wants us to go for gold. He wants us to go for the best. He wants us to strive for everything that God has for us. And of course that takes a determined effort. That means that I too have to bow my knee like Daniel does. And I too need to pray and ask God for his help. I too need to, to ask God and thank him every day. And bow my knee and acknowledge as John chapter 15 says. You can do nothing by yourselves. You know God is basically saying you're useless on your own. Yes you have a little bit of intelligence. Yes you have a few skills. But really on your own you, you are nothing. Jesus said you can do nothing by yourselves. And God wants us to understand that all power comes from Him. All wisdom comes from Him. All our resources come from Him. He even made your body. He made your lungs. He made everything about you. He made your personality. He knows how you function. He knows how you work. He knows how to fulfill your life. And He knows how to empower you. You know, God wants to bring power into your Christian life. He wants to cause you to excel. He wants to give you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you will do exceptional things. Now later on in Daniel, uh, Daniel actually says these words. He says, I think it's chapter 11 and I think it's verse 23. He says, but the people who know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. Amen? So the people who know their God, will be strong and will do exploits. So that is what God wants us to do as Christians, as believers. He wants us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be beaten down. He doesn't want us to be worrying. He doesn't want us to be fearful. He doesn't want us to worry about the future. He wants us to be strong. And in the Bible, in, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, Be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil and his schemes. See, we're not fighting people anymore. We're fighting evil powers, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness that are in the heavenly places. And they're out to destroy the church. They're out to destroy your Christian life. And that's why we need to be strong. The Bible did not say, and be weak in the Lord. No, the Bible said, be strong in the Lord. You have to wax stronger and stronger as a Christian. You have to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means you're going to have to spend some time and some energy on your knees so that you can grow and flourish and meet with God because prayer is the place that you connect with God. Prayer is the place that you meet with God. Prayer is the place where Jesus said you go 
into your room. When you pray, you go into your room, you close the door, and you pray to your Father who is in heaven. And your Father who is in heaven is going to listen to your prayers. And he's going to answer to your prayers. Isn't that incredible, friends? That little old you, little old me, little, little somebody who, who is insignificant in, in the eyes of the Almighty God can go into the room and talk to Almighty God and He will listen to your prayers and He will answer you? Isn't that amazing to know that you've got an audience with God? Isn't it amazing to know that God is listening to your prayers and your world is going to change because of the prayers of the saints? Because of your prayers are going to have great influence in our world. And Andrew Murray, who's from South Africa, who's a great revivalist, he said these amazing words. The church does not realize that God rules the world by the prayers of his church. That's right. The church does not realize that God rules the world through the prayers of his saints. And that is reality, friends. God is working through the prayers of the church. God is working, was working through the prayers of Daniel. And three times a day he got down on his knees. Some Christians, even once a day, they don't get down on their knees. But God calls us into this place of sacrifice, into this place of loneliness, where he says, you, just you and God alone, where you can meet with the Almighty God, and you can have fellowship with Him, you can connect with Him, and friends, everything begins to change when you pray. Everything begins to happen around you when you pray. Miracles start happening. We've seen a lot of miracles in our prayer group recently. God is beginning to answer some of those prayers. We're seeing incredible answers to prayer, because we're just asking, you know, Evan Roberts, the leader of the Welsh Revival, he was only 26 years old, and he was asked by somebody, what is the success of this revival? Do you know what his answer was? He said, just ask, and you shall receive. And that's exactly what Jesus said. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and the door shall be opened. You know, seek, and you will find. That's all that God is saying. Say, just, just ask me, what do you need? Ask me in Jesus' name, I will give it to you. Come in faith and believing, just ask and you shall receive. Just knock on heaven's door and I'm going to open the door. Just seek me with all your heart and you will find me. So God is wanting to answer our prayers. God is just wanting us to come to him and to realize that your prayers are powerful. That your prayers are life-changing. That through your prayers, somebody may be saved from death. Through your prayers, somebody may be healed of cancer. Through your prayers, somebody, somebody's child may be healed and saved. Through your, your prayers, your nation may be saved. Look at Evan Roberts. He was 13 years old when he started praying. And he started praying for revival. Isn't that amazing? A teenager uh, of, of his age, 13, crying out to God, Lord, save my nation. Do we have any kids like that today? Do we have any teenagers saying, God, heal my nation? Well, pray we do. You know, we need those people. And he prayed for 13 years. Wow, 13 years. Every day he said, Lord, save Wales. Lord, would you please visit Wales? And God showed him a great vision. God showed him that he was going to save Wales, that he saw Wales being lifted up in the hands of God. Isn't that amazing how God speaks in visions and dreams, how he begins to show us things and begin to reveal things to us 
and he shows us supernatural things. And Evan Roberts knew that God was going to save many people. And over 100,000 people were saved in about a year. Incredible. God's Spirit hovered over Wales. God's Spirit hovered over, over that nation because of one man's prayer. No doubt others were praying, but he was passionate. And friends, if you want God to move, you have to be passionate. You have to have a hunger for God. And Jesus put it like this. He says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. If you hunger for revival, you will see it. God is not opposed to revival. God is not opposed to doing miracles. He's in favor of all of these things because all of these things are in his word. We read about revival in the word of God. We read about great miracles. We read about great signs and wonders. How God is an awesome God. How he comes down and visits his people. God is in favor of all of these things. It's just we're not hungry enough. We're just distracted. We're just taken here, taken there. You know, with so much time is spent on social media, so much time in front of the television. How do people have time for God unless you make the time? Isn't it amazing how people make the time that, that for things that are important to them? They make time for food because food is important. They make time to prepare their meal in the evening. They take time to prepare their lunch and to prepare their breakfast because they know that it is sustaining and enjoyable to have food. But how much more are these spiritual things that God wants us to put into our lives? And this is what the Apostle Paul he says, you know, physical value, physical exercise has got some value, but it doesn't compare to spiritual exercise. He says spiritual exercise benefits not only for this life, but for the life to come. I don't think people will be training in gyms in heaven. I don't think we'll, people will be running marathons in heaven. I think we'll have a supernatural body. You won't need to. You will have a body that is glorified. Is what the Bible says, that which is mortal will put on immortality. You will have an amazing body. You'll be fit for all eternity. You'll be incredible. You'll look amazing. And that's, that's the promise of God's word. And God wants us now to be investing not just in the physical or not just in the soulish realm. He wants us to invest in our spirit. He wants us to invest in the things that really matter. In spending time in his presence, spending time in the word of God, spending time with other believers, building one another up in the things of God. So praise God, we can be strengthened and we can be encouraged. I was reading about George Whitfield. George Whitfield was a mighty man of God who was from Gloucester in Gloucestershire in England. And he lived in the 1700s and he was a contemporary with John Wesley and he was converted when he was in Oxford, when he was studying. And he uh, got converted through the influence of the Wesleys and he was part of what they called the Holy Club, where at Oxford University, they all helped one another and encouraged one another in the things of God. And he was converted, he went to America and preached to the Americans and had many journeys. And they reckon that through his ministry, he reached about 10 million people. Wow, is that incredible in the 1700s? He reached about 10 million people and they reckon he preached about 18,000 sermons. Wow, incredible. So he is, he is a guy who's preaching from his teens right through to his 50s. And I think he died in his 50s. 
But praise God, he was really powerfully used by the Lord. Now listen to some of the words that he said. He said, I literally spent whole days and whole weeks prostrate on my face before God, crying out to God, either verbally or even just silently. He said, I spent whole days and whole weeks on my face before God. Why? Because he wanted to know God. Why did he do that? Doesn't that seem crazy? See, on your face before God. He wanted to meet with God. He wanted to receive from God. He wanted to receive the miracles that God had. He wanted to receive the empowering. And so he put the time in. And, and he sought God earnestly on his face. Days and nights and weeks, literally, on his face before God. Look how God blessed his ministry. He had a, a dynamic ministry. A, an incredibly powerful ministry. Thousands and thousands, if not millions, were converted through his ministry. He preached in Bristol, and he preached to crowds of 20,000 or more, and he preached to the miners, and they would have tears streaming down their faces, and you could see the line coming down because their faces were covered with the cold, and you could see the tears streaming down their faces, and many of those miners were converted. But listen to what George Whitfield said. He said, this is one of his prayers, he said, Lord, today my prayer is, make me an extraordinary Christian. What a wonderful prayer. That's a prayer that you can pray. Say, Lord, make me an extraordinary Christian. I don't want to just be a normal Christian. I don't want to just be, you know, a lukewarm Christian. I don't want to just be a Christian that's floating through life and losing a lot of my battles. I want to be an extraordinary Christian. Like Daniel, I want to be an exceptional Christian. I want to be an exceptional believer. I want to be somebody who is used mightily of God. Like Daniel said, the people who know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. You know that God wants you to do exploits for Him. You know that He wants you to be strong. You know that He wants you to stand up tall in the Holy Spirit and go through this land mightily and go through this land powerfully and do amazing things for Him because Jesus said, you will do even greater things. You will do even greater things than me because I'm going to the Father and I'm going to pray for you. But you still need to come into my presence. You still need to pray for the empowering. You still need to wait for, wait for me to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You still need to receive uh, ongoing infillings and empowering so that you can be greatly used. And you can be a great witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be greatly used in your community. God's power can be all over you, anointing you and doing amazing miracles. Look at the life of George Jeffries. Look at the miracles that happened in his ministry. There were people jumping out of wheelchairs. There were people getting healed of cancer, stage 4 cancer. There were people who didn't have eyes, who got eyes. Amazing, miraculous ministry. God wants to do the same through you. God wants to do the same through all of us. He wants to do supernatural things. And so this prayer of George Whitfield is, a, is an exceptional prayer. He says, Lord, make me an extraordinary Christian. Make me an exceptional Christian. Lord, give me an excellent spirit. Let me excel in my job. Let me excel in my workplace. Let me excel in my communication. Let me excel as, as a family member, as, as a husband or a wife. Or, or as a child in the family. Let me excel, Lord. I don't want to just be a normal person because if Christ is in you, 
He's given you supernatural power. And God wants you to, to, to excel. He doesn't want us to, to be insipid. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He doesn't want us to be vapid. He wants us to be superfluous. That is, overflowing with His presence. Overflowing with the power of God. Overflowing, He says, that, that an abundance will come out of your life. Don't just settle for, for a little bit of God. Go for all of God. Go for everything that He has for you. Get excited about Jesus because He is on the throne. And He's got all power and authority in heaven and earth. It's been given to Jesus. And you just need to ask Him for some favors. You just need to ask Him for some miracles. You just need to ask Him for some signs and wonders. And say, God, I'm just asking you for a breakthrough in my life. Friends, it's already on the way. If you pray in the name of Jesus and you believe by faith, it's already on the way. The breakthrough may not have come yet, but it's coming. And God is going to do a miracle in your life. He's going to do signs and wonders. He's going to bring healings into your life. He's going to use you in an incredible way and in a miraculous way. So you need to open your mind to the new things that God is going to do. Open your spirit to say, Lord, I want more from you. I don't want just to be an average Christian. I don't want just to be an average personality like some people have. They just got, they're uninteresting and boring and no personality. Jesus Christ was not uninteresting and boring with, with a, a, an insipid personality. He was dynamic. He was full of power. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And if you are a Christian today, you have the Holy Spirit, the creative Spirit of God. And He wants to come out of you and do these incredible things and do miracles through your life and answer your prayers and see signs, wonders and miracles. Do you believe this, friends? Do you believe that God wants to use you in an exceptional way? As George Whitfield prayed, pray, look, Make me an extraordinary Christian. Make me a supernatural Christian. We need to move from the natural into the supernatural. We need to move from a place of fear into faith. We need to move from a place of hopelessness into a place of hopefulness. We need to move closer to Jesus. And as we do, he will give us more and more abundance. Friends, it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to ask God for more. It's time to be thirsty. It's time to be hungry. Who knows what God is going to do tomorrow? Who knows what God is going to do next month? But are you going to be a person who stands in the gap and says, Yes, Lord, I will be that person. D.L. Moody was such, such a person. And this, this revivalist, this revivalist called Varley, uh, took him under his wing and, and mentored him a little bit. And, and shared some things with him. And this is, this is what, uh, what D.L. Moody took from the conversation. In one of the, those conversations, he said, I felt like God was speaking to me through Varley. And, and, and this is, these are the words that came to me. He said, you know, that God is looking for someone, you know, to, to use in this world. God, God is, the world is yet to see what God is going to do through somebody who is completely consecrated to him. He said, I, I went back to America with those words in my heart. He, and he said, you know, God, what is God going to do with somebody who's going to be totally consecrated to, to him? And he said, I will be that man. And friends, 
you know, he, he became a powerful, powerful evangelist, powerfully used of God. And friend, friends, you need to ask yourself that question. You know, will you be that person? Will you be the one that stands in the gap on behalf of your nation like Evan Roberts, who, who was an intercessor and who cried out to God for 13 years? Will you be the one who says, I'm going to rescue the children from sex trafficking in my nation? Will you be the one who's going to rescue the elderly people and, and bring hope to them in, in, the, in the care homes? What are you going to do for Jesus Christ? What are you going to do that's going to be exceptional? Like Daniel was exceptional and Jesus Christ was, was, was exceptional in, in his ministry. And, and three, three and a half years it, it was over. But he had done everything that God wanted him to do. Friends, don't settle for mediocrity. Don't, don't settle for just a, a little bit of God. Go for gold. Go for everything that he has for you. Just, just pursue the Lord and stretch yourself. And, and pray for new strength as well. Pray for power and empowering and refreshing and encouraging so that you will be equipped for every good work. You know, when, wherever Paul the Apostle went, there was either a riot or a revival. You know, they tried to stone him. Well, they did stone him. They, they, they tried to beat him so many times, shipwrecked. You know, all the things that he went through. But he was totally focused, friends. Your rewards are out of this world. It's time to get serious about Jesus. It's time to seek the Lord now and say, Lord, put fresh fire in me. Lord, put a fresh vision in me. Lord, I need woken up. Lord, wake me up, God. Wake me up. Wake up the church, Lord. Wake up the sleeping giant. Lord, wake me up so that I will be exceptional for you, for his glory, for his praise, so that you will become all that God wants you to be. You will be transformed into the image of God. And friends, it starts with a simple prayer. Say, Lord, I will be that man. I will be that woman. Lord, anoint me. Empower me. I will be that person. And make that decision today, friend. And say, yes, I'm going to serve the Lord. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to be transformed into his image. I'm going to do the works of God. Because he is going to the Father. I will do even greater things to bring glory to the Father. May God bless this word to your heart today. Father, I pray for all who've listened to the word of God that you will bless this word to their hearts. That Lord, you'll seal this word in our lives. That Father, we will not lose this word. That the enemy will not steal this word from us. But Father, you'll seal this word in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. And that Father, this word will produce fruit, Lord. As your word says, that you'll send forth your word. And Father, it will not come back void. So Father, send this word out today to the hearts of people. And I pray that the hearts will receive it. And I pray, Father, the minds will receive it and say, yes, Lord, that we will not forget this word. But, Father, we will run with this word and say, I will be that man. I will be that person with that excellent spirit, with that extraordinary spirit. Say, yes, Lord, I'm hungry for more. Lord, just, just, just bless all who are listening to my voice today. Just bless and touch every family. Just bless our homes, Lord. Just bless our communities, Father. Lord, just bless and meet with each one of us. Oh, Father, I pray for those who are receiving this prayer right now. And Lord, you will just meet with them in an incredible way, Father. You will just touch them. Oh, friend, just open up your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. Lord, please take my life. Use me for your glory. Use me, Father, for your greatness. Lord, I want to be that person.
person who says yes to Jesus. Father, I just pray right now for every hindrance, Lord, for every shackle, for everything that holds us back. Lord, that you'll just take it away now. Every excuse, Lord, every distraction, Father, everything the enemy throws in front of us, Lord, to take our vision away. Lord, remove it in Jesus' name and bring fresh fire today, Lord. Bring fresh, fresh good news into our hearts, Lord. Let us be these people, Father, who are filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, Lord, and who will do great exploits. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, we give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the worship today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time together. In Jesus' name. The Lord loves you. The Lord blesses you. The Lord be with you. And the Lord lift up his countenance and favor upon your life. We just bless you all in the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening, being with us. Please continue to pray for us. Continue to support us financially. And, you know, just get behind us. And thank you for your support. God bless all of you in Jesus' name. Amen.